0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week is Tina Amini.
1: What's up, everybody?
0: Justin Davis. Scoop. And Sam Claiborne. Hey, everybody. And we've got a great show for you this week. Lots of uh, Lucasfilm games news to talk about. That means Star Wars. That means Indiana Jones. But first, I want to show you a shirt that my dad got me for Christmas. Oh, no. Can you see him? Oh, yeah. It's your boy. Godzilla,
2: Godzilla rocking a Gibson. <laughs> SG,
1: yeah, very that's good, nice. little boy.
0: Extremely it's on true. brand for day. It is. Yeah, it's it's literally the meme. The perfect shirt for me doesn't exist. Yeah, um, and I'm also just noticing Justin's got kind of a he's got real uh, Princess Leia vibes on today. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I've got a little Pulp Fiction uh, Easter oh, cool. egg going on over here. You can't tell, but it's two little dancers.
0: Nice um yeah let's start with that um lucasfilm games news this week uh let's start with the star wars stuff open world star wars game is in development not at electronic arts it's in development at ubisoft uh it's from the division developer ubisoft massive no indication has been given as to uh whether uh it would be single player or multiplayer or what part of the star wars timeline it would be in or when it might be released but uh ubisoft's eve guimot says Quote, an, it's an original Star Wars adventure that is different from anything that has been done before. <laughs> Sam, what do you make of that?
2: It can't be Yoda stories. It can't be Star Wars chess. It can't be Masters of Terras Kasi.
0: Yeah. So we
2: know it's none of those things. Yeah. Just, if you just eliminate all the ways Star Wars has manifested <laughs> itself, you can figure out what this game is because it's not any of those. But um,
0: it's
1: also planned to, it it plan to be canon. Whatever it is.
0: Planned to be canon with just films and everything. Everything now, right? Yep, everything's canon. Um, Um, I think this is such cool news.
3: Uh, You know, the Division is uh, not necessarily my cup of tea, but, like, Mm -hmm. big AAA studio that's really, really well resourced and capable of of sort of doing Star Wars justice undeniably. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really excited.
1: We also um, dug into some of the job listings because obviously now that the word is out, they were like our Star Wars project and they're able to uh, be a little bit more descriptive there. Nothing too revelatory. um, Words like open world, action adventure, linear and non-linear storytelling uh, and Mm -hmm. RPG style progression were thrown around. So. It's a video game, folks. You
3: heard it <laughs> you here know, first. <laughs> for as many Star Wars games as we've gotten, you know, it's been a million. Where, you know, this this little trailer montage that's running is showing several of them. We haven't really ever gotten a big AAA open world Star Wars game. There's been role playing games, and you know, Jedi Fallen Order is I don't know what you would call that wide linear. I thought this probably, was
2: a, I would I would think on the positive side, this is just Jedi Fallen Order because it's a bunch of open areas, and hmm. that'd be fine with me.
3: Uh, but I want I want like, I want like Skyrim levels of open, like or Fallout, like Just whatever. One big open area. Yeah, yeah. I want like an actual open world Star Wars game. Where like that's this weird hole in like the in all the Star Wars games that we've gotten in the past.
2: If it was that, that that could work well. But what worries me is seeing the division footage and thinking about the Avengers and like yeah. you know, did are lessons being learned about? what uh you know open world games are when they are also games of service or are lessons not being learned about that and people really like the division i should say anthems the the thing that scares me as much as uh avengers
4: Yeah.
3: yeah no that's a that's
2: a very real you know
3: i like star wars as much as the next nerd but the franchise is sort of written into a corner because there are no jedi in modern star wars so unless they go back in time to old republic All any player ever wants to do is run around as a Jedi, (laughs) but the fiction of every single Star Wars game has to contort itself for why, you know, oh, I'm not a Jedi, but I'm using a lightsaber or, uh, or Cal Kestis in Jedi Fallen Order is a Jedi. And here's why, you know, no one knows about him. Like it's this big stumbling block that like every Star Wars game has to overcome. So, but even if you are a Jedi, like you can't be. Getting a new lightsaber and equipping new loot and being on this loot grind, <laughs> really like, oh, you got, you got different, different robes.
0: I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's a way they can make that work. Oh, it's I, horrible. I think we're. Uh, that's why the old Republic works so well, right? Mm-hmm. It was a time when there were there were a lot of Jedis uh i'm definitely a fan of a lot of ubisoft open world games a lot of the assassin's yeah. creeds and far cries but um yeah just to echo what you the others were saying the division's not really my cup of tea either uh, the shared world sort of looter shooter is not really what i what i'm into so i don't know i don't know what to make of this uh, uh tina I, I know you like a lot of uh, assassin's creeds uh obviously you like open world games like ghost of tsushima what what's your sort of take on this
1: um, I didn't play the Division One. I. I did actually like Division Two, and I think there are RPG elements that make sense and that, like you know, really big, dense world uh, to go around and do different uh, activities in could could be a really good fit too. So I have confidence that you know Ubisoft Massive is a great choice in general. Um, breaking out of EA exclusivity is just a good thing for them. It felt mm-hmm. like felt like EA developing those games um, was a bit of practice for what is now known as Lucasfilm Games. Uh, and now they get to branch out and pick like a developer per the type of game that they're going for so that they don't feel necessarily like hamstringed into, uh, squeezed into one publisher particularly. So it's like they got a little bit of confidence with the success of Jedi Fallen Order and, and Star Wars Squadrons and, and, you know, a couple uh, advancements to Battlefront 2. So they've figured out a formula that could work and now they get to Poach essential essentially developers from different talents to figure out what else they're gonna do in this increasingly dense canon Star Wars world.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Damon you're gonna talk about the business side of this at all, but like something that really struck me is that the EA exclusivity of, of Star Wars games, they signed a 10-year deal. That deal is not over until 2023. Like I EA, know, yeah, yeah. And so like I I have to like. I don't see any other way to take this except that you know, Lucasfilm and Disney are upset with what EA has done. They Mm. were unwilling. They were unwilling to wait for that exclusivity to end to like start doling out like they want to have games ready to go from third party partners the moment that exclusivity ends, and has absolutely no problem allowing them to sort of pre promote their games and you know market them like. To me, it's a real, it's a real like middle finger, and like to me, that's like the Mm -hmm. most dramatic part of this. Is like maybe I'm totally wrong, like, but my read on it is that they they seem to be so unhappy with what's been going on with Star Wars games that they were in a rush to like, yes, we have all these projects in the works from all kinds of uh, of Mm -hmm. major AAA partners.
1: And to be fair, yeah. we're, like, what, six, seven years into that deal, and we've had, yeah. like, three games, um, like, at least one <laughs> lots publicly sold ones. Yeah, and lots uh, yeah. of controversy on Battlefront 2, so I, I imagine EA's, like, we kind of get it. Um, I, I imagine, like, the fact that they haven't delivered on maybe as many games as they were expecting and as much good publicity as they were expecting makes sense for why everybody's kind of like, all right, let's expand this thing. We had a couple good successes. EA is going to continue along with Jedi Fallen Order 2. Like, we already know that's going to be a bit of a series. Who knows what else they might have planned, too. So it's, it's all in all a good thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Jonathan wrote, uh, Jonathan Dornbush for IGN wrote, like, a nice um, op-ed kind of looking at the comparisons between, like, Marvel being locked in with uh, a partnership with Activision, for instance, and how... Like, look at the state of Marvel games now. Like, it feels like we're not in that generation of a video game adaptation is just not going to be a good video game. Like, we, we're kind of over that now, and it's, it's through a couple of these, like, smart business models.
3: Yeah, that's, well, it's- And Sorry, EA took so much heat for canceling, you know, Star Wars projects, canceling Amy Hennig's, you know, can- mm-hmm. Star Wars game, but it's tough for us to weigh in on that. Like, games aren't canceled for no reason you know? So um, it's it's the unpopular choice to make every single time because people are upset about being deprived about this thing that they wanted to get. But, like, you know, again, cancellations don't just come out of the blue. So, you know, they know more about the status of that project and how it was shaping up than we do. And, like, it's a really, really brave decision to cancel a project that doesn't feel like it's coming together the way that it is, even though, you know, it makes EA unhappy, it makes Star Wars unhappy, it makes Star Wars fans unhappy. So, you know, it's been a really rocky road for EA. It's I All
1: mean. of Visceral Games unhappy because they no longer <laughs> exist. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. To yeah, do this,
2: Lucas had to form a different wing of Lucas because when everything was under EA, it's like, well, yeah, here's our style guide. Here's how lightsabers can sever limbs. It can only be from robots. We've covered this actually in IGN before. It can't be from, you know, minor human characters. There's all kinds of like rules. So like. I, it, it's clear that like they they have to like they had to invest in games at on the Lucas side and the Disney side to really care about this and make it a big thing and in the absence of giant motion pictures that are out right now like tv and games makes total sense first of all so I think like this is like really really fortunate that, the, that they're doubling down on this they also mentioned that these games would all be 70 bucks I don't know if you guys saw that mm. um what? But I was
0: gonna say that uh that's such a weird detail to throw
2: in there yeah, it's like because like well because they they had had a quote like you know people pay this much for movies but they pay seventy dollars for video games so we have to offer this much more value so like mm-hmm. they're trying to like you know contextualize the price of videos. but um I was also like speaking of like sharing like concepts and assets and stuff like that that's what Ubisoft is famous for and you know when they make an Assassin's Creed game it's like made around the world so mm-hmm. like potentially if they actually wanted to do the more Assassin's Creed side of this the more Skyrim side of this um it may not matter that the division studio is leading it. Like it's kind of just a Ubisoft licensed game that has a home somewhere, you Mm -hmm. know? And uh, and speaking of which, like I don't think Ubisoft really deals with licenses that often. They have the avatar license. That was the one that they're like (laughs) for a uh, long time.
3: That same studio is making it supposedly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And then of course all the Tom Clancy stuff, but I don't really count that, but they don't really, but it's funny that they went after like the biggest one in the world. I think it was weird that square Enix got, Avengers too. Like the, the fact that these things are happening is, is, is really interesting to me. Like how those deals are made. We should say, by the way,
3: that um, uh, the mobile gotcha game galaxy of heroes made a billion
0: dollars. For EA. Yeah, so that's why I imagine EA will <laughs> certainly be allowed to continue making mobile Star Wars games.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, project cancellations and you know, Battlefront Two, bad press, all that stuff's very, very real, and you have to imagine that with Lucasfilm Games and that entire infrastructure that Sam laid out being announced this week, like the decision to form that group was, you know, over twelve months ago, right? But, but even so, like there has been this huge shining bright spot. In, this, in the EA Star Wars sort of lexicon that's just not, you know, it's not like in the GameScoop, you know, level of awareness. It's just sort of yeah. <laughs> brewing there, printing money. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I, th- I I think there's still three years left in EA's deal, though, or mm-hmm. two years, something like that. I think it was, two, it was 2013, I believe, when they announced yeah. that partnership. So 2023 is when it expires. So you have to imagine they're just getting cranking, on this game now very in the very early stages it takes two years to make a game uh so maybe 2023 it's interesting to to think about what justin said they want to have this game ready to go for like as soon as the ea deal uh is over uh but you gotta remember like it's been seven years since that deal was in place uh like the force awakens wasn't even announced (laughs) at that point probably (laughs) um So I just imagine the leadership team at like Disney that set up that deal with EA is probably completely different than the team that's in there now that's overseeing like video games. I mean, the uh, Disney purchase happened
2: between then, right? Yep.
0: The Disney purchase of Star Wars was in 2012, I believe. right then? Yeah. So then the next year they announced their partnership with EA. Jeez. I just just imagine a lot of things have changed at Disney. And in 2012 was when they dissolved LucasArts. Uh, Is that true?
2: Mm, I looked that up today. Okay. Which was their last game company that made not just Star Wars games. They actually made a bunch of other games that you all probably know about, like all the Day of the Tentacle type stuff that Damon likes a lot.
0: The Scum Engine. Yeah, yeah. Monkey Island, all that. It is exciting to think about other talented developers being allowed to make Star Wars games. It's exciting to think about to imagine Obsidian making an RPG in Star Wars. It's 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 exciting to think about talented indie developers being allowed to make Star Wars games. Like I can just see how awesome a super Star Wars style game with like really beautiful Dead Cells PixArt would be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope they're like open to to those That's sorts of cool. collaborations as well. We used to get stuff like we had Tiny Death Star on phones was a really That's cool. right. You're right wow that's now that's a name i haven't heard in a long time <laughs> uh for its part ea um has commented on making more star wars games with with uh lucasfilm games they uh they said the quote we are proud of our long-standing collaboration with lucasfilm games which will continue for years to come uh so you know e- even if it's just uh uh sequels to fall in order uh and the mobile stuff and mobile stuff and then you know I, I think they'll probably want to do something with Battlefront as well. Yeah. Um, oh, but I do like the, the quote. Um, there was a, a comment. There was a clever comment on our article on IGN. FBS noob, twenty twenty twelve said, Disney to EA, I'm altering our deal. Pray I don't alter it further. <laughs> Pretty good. True.
2: Um, you know, Lando just takes that. Like, he's just like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't want you to alter the deal further. He doesn't even fight it. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> well but he does in, in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is, he is
0: fomenting well,
2: a betrayal that whole time. Yeah, he, said,
0: he says something. You know, doesn't he say this deal is getting worse and worse all the time? He mumbles yeah. to himself yeah. as he storms off. There was a pretty good um, shower thoughts on r slash shower thoughts. That was, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, Darth Vader, statistically, Darth Vader choked enough of his employees that at least one probably liked it.
2: <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs>
0: This this is something I read on the internet. This isn't coming out of me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Lucasfilm. (laughs) You can edit it out. Uh, Lucasfilm Games announced this week. And then uh, they announced that uh, Bethesda and Machine Games, Wolfenstein developer, of all developers, is going to be making an Indiana Jones game. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was a surprise to me, at least. Machine Uh, Games contractually has to make games where you're fighting Nazis. Yep, they certainly have a lot of experience in that front. Um, But I think Machine Games has only made Wolfenstein games except for an expansion for Quake. So first-person shooters is their forte. I wonder what this game would be. We already have two successful Indiana Jones-style video game franchises in Uncharted and Tomb Raider.
4: Hmm. Um, I don't know.
0: what is, like, Sam, I know you're a fan of Indiana Jones. What what do you hope this game is?
2: Well, first of all, you should check out our awesome Easter eggs feature from that trailer. Because in that tiny little pan over the table, um, our uh, Indiana Jones fan uh, just found the craziest stuff in it about, you know, where it takes place. It's just the Vatican, stuff like that. So uh, that was really cool. But I uh, am uh, really excited because I think this developer melds action even though it's first person action uh, whatever oh. with storytelling and character in such a great way and indiana jones is paced that exact way when you when hmm. the two good indiana jones movies uh, oh actually i really like temple of doom i should say uh i don't think it's good but i love it <laughs> Yeah, um, i love parts of it um they're it, they're paced in that way where it's like there's these kind of like quiet times where there's some funny character development and some good conversations and stuff and then there's like these action sequences and uh that's exactly what the new wolfenstein games are i couldn't be more excited and i hope somebody at uh machine like had this pitch took it to them and said like look at the games we make you guys gotta let us make an indiana jones game because i think it's like such a perfect match i think i think it's great
3: it is a really inspired choice if you look beneath the surface of them being you know an
0: fps studio Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tino what's your take
1: honestly not much of one I, I obviously acknowledge the the same sort of nazi theme that everyone else does and yeah our feature going through like here are some of the details that we can carve out of um the very tiny trailer was interesting cuz like you can surmise that maybe maybe mussolini is a character and the pope sure is a she character said Nazis. um yeah like like specific figures cuz like i think the like the the palace was circled or something, and like that's where the Pope lives. So I think you might like have a meeting there. Um, so there might be some interesting characters. So yeah, obviously, like through their their pedigree of focusing on on characters and storytelling through those sorts of dialogue interactions, and then punching a bunch of Nazis makes yeah. a lot of sense. And it was yeah. super smart on a more business level, super smart um, for 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 Disney and, and Lucasfilm Games in general to announce not just. Star Wars games under their branch. It's it's kind of a signal, in my opinion, that like you're you're going to see more out of uh, this new publishing branch mm-hmm. um, than just Star Wars games. Which obviously, just Star Wars games would have done the trick. But
4: um,
1: from the the VP who had said that this is like the legacy of old Lucasfilm games that we're now trying to live up to. So I think that was also a little bit of a tease. Like you guys should expect some other properties uh, making a return outside right. of just Star Wars stuff.
2: That's great. Yeah, India, like Wolfenstein, is really violent. Indiana Jones is super violent too. Like, I mean, a Nazi. Oh, well, not on
0: that level, though.
2: A Nazi's it's face like, melts off and scares yeah, a generation of children. It's,
0: it's PG it melts like, from level. Blood 80. to
2: bone to eyeballs, <laughs> and he screams the whole time. Yeah, I, that's, that's only going to get, I get an higher a lot of resolution
1: in. now. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think.
3: Um, I think Tina just touched on something really important, though, where um, you know, Ron Gilbert has been trying to not actively trying to, but like wants to make a monkey island game like for decades. But then like, Mm -hmm. I think, and he's a comedian, so he's half joking, but he says he literally can't even get the right person at Disney on the phone. It's like, well, Disney owns it now. How do you even make a monkey island game? And like, but now the stage is set for like stuff like that to actually become a reality potentially. Yeah.
1: feels like they're finally like, they feel like they have an opportunity to make their mark in the video game world. Now that they've experienced some losses and some wins and they know they. I'm sure they've learned a ton through the process. So diversifying their developer group and their IP lineup, like that's that's a pretty good path to to the yeah. future success.
2: You're the losses and wins is such an apt point because Star Wars has been such a weird roller coaster where fans completely have rejected Star Wars and and uh, the, you know a lot of toxic fans too, but people that have you know just that don't like those movies. Um, they they had this hubris when starting out disney star wars where they're like yeah we're gonna do this trilogy we're also gonna do star wars stories and here's a huge amount of other projects we're just gonna go ahead and announce and what did they just do they caught quiet on all of those and they did the same thing for tv and now they're doing the same thing for games because they're because they screwed up movies a little bit and maybe people can't go to movies for a while so i think it's really interesting to see like this year that disney has to show Games, games, games. Movies, movies, movies. And I think you're going to see that from other Disney stuff. I don't think it's just going to be Star Wars. Like that's like I would expect that we're going to see a lot about Marvel games this year and a lot about uh, Disney games and stuff
0: like that. Sam, so yeah, maybe Capcom can make another Willow game. Maybe <laughs> you know I, I was. What are the other Lucas franchises? It's Lu- it's Willow
2: and Howard the Duck.
0: Yeah, is there Which anything now else? Now is a you know Marvel MCU character. Yeah. So is there know. is there anything? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Did they do I, batteries not included? Yeah. I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs>
3: um my favorite sort of uh, just piece of internet ephemera I've seen around the Indiana Jones thing is, you know, Todd Howard teased it, right? Like he gave an interview. He didn't actually tease it, but had Indiana Jones, you know, paraphernalia behind him in an interview he gave as sort of like, you know, one of those things that he recognized people would pick up on after the fact. He also has a really, really fancy, like, leather-bound edition of Lord of the Rings behind him in that same interview. And Arcane is working on an unannounced fantasy game. (laughs) And so, (laughs) like, this means nothing, to be super crystal clear. But, like, that's where I, like, I just like that, um, that sort of, like, crazy conspiracy theory of tying all the pieces of yarn together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Borba points out that
0: Lucasfilm has Labyrinth.
2: hmm Now, I've never seen that movie, but I feel like I have because people have talked about it my whole life and I've seen a lot of pictures. Would that make
0: a good game? You've you've seen David Bowie in in costume. Mm -hmm. I mean, doesn't Labyrinth sound like a video game? Isn't that (laughs) just the title (laughs) of a video video game? (laughs) Undoubtedly. Um, Okay, Uh, Wolfenstein, obviously first-person games. I don't imagine uh, an Indiana Jones game would be first-person. But what do you think? Are they going to use Harrison Ford's likeness, the likeness of young Harrison Ford? And then it's really weird when they don't, but we
2: have precedent because it just happened with Avengers and it was super weird. And then it happened with Spider-Man and then they reversed it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then like, but like, do they just get a sound alike for the voice? Yeah. Or, or can they James Bond it? Can there just be different actors playing Indiana Jones? There's already been a bunch of obnoxious
2: Indiana Jones substitutes. Like they had the young Indiana Jones Chronicles and yeah, it's just great though.
1: It's a specifically uh, set Indiana looks... Jones too. Yeah. Like, what was it they said? It's like at the height of his career between two yeah. movies because it's set in nineteen thirty-seven.
4: So yeah, you would have to like get between...
1: that age Indiana Jones, which is not Harrison.
0: So Ford's between age. between Raiders and Crusade. Yeah, because Temple of Doom is a prequel. Yep.
2: Which always yep. blows my mind when I really think that one out. It's
0: so cool. <laughs> and then this, of course, this announcement bring. We have the same question about it that we have about Microsoft acquiring Bethesda. Is like, what, you know, does, is this a multi-platform game? Is there any world where this is an Xbox exclusive? Maybe yep. it's a timed exclusive? Yeah. I feel
3: differently. I, we don't know. Um, but yeah. when it comes to uh, licensed games, the license holder lucasfilm games is interested in as many people playing this game as possible so you know when it's something that you own the rights to like a fallout or an elder scroll sure do whatever you want but like when you're playing around with someone else's brand um you tend to see those games appear on as many platforms as possible Mm -hmm.
1: yeah although like the whole marvel um situation with marvel's avengers showed that like you can still go through with console exclusives with like spidey not coming to um, well as far as we know not coming to xbox platforms for that game so who knows and i I feel like generally philosophically speaking i imagine we won't see much change with bethesda until the dust kind of settles and it's like fully a microsoft brand at some point um just so that there's like a, a seamless Uh, transition so that people aren't upset by the fact that they might be locked into uh, game pass
3: yeah you only um you only get the whip on in the xbox edition
2: (laughs) (laughs) cruel but this is this is all good news for for microsoft i i I, like think about that like if if they really did want to do this and go into the next couple of e3s with like yeah, we got Indiana Jones and Skyrim. Like, that's... It's, they have so matched Sony so quickly. I'm just in disbelief of how quickly this is turning around.
0: Well, not, qu- not quickly in terms of getting yeah. the games out there, but... No. Yeah.
2: Well, yes,
4: yeah. that's, yes, that's relative. That's
0: <laughs> okay, moving on from Lucasfilm Games, we got a new trailer for uh, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, I believe. Uh, this week, which I uh, I think is looking really cool. Of course, it's a game that we most of us have played before, but the Bowser's Fury stuff is looking very cool. Sam, what was your take on this?
2: Uh, well, the strategy guide is really good for this game. First of all, <laughs> yeah, because I wrote it. In cool. 20... <laughs> That's how old this game is. Twenty well, fourteen.
1: Bowser's Fury content.
2: Yes. Yeah, so the Bowser. I don't know, maybe I'll write that. Uh, uh, Bowser's Fury. i I'm obsessed with this game. I think it's so cool looking, and I'm really really excited for it. I think it's just. I think it's really small like it seems to be one mario odyssey level i don't see how this has anything to do with the mario 3d world but it seems (laughs) like this kind of like um play it's a sandbox like like the biggest ones of those levels like i'm thinking like the desert level but with a concept that that has been explored in mario before like in mario 64 with the um the clock level where you can stop it at different times or the water raising level Mm -hmm. um it has some kind of level level evolution as they called it in battlefield (laughs) back in the day Is that Battlefield? I think it was. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, every once like you can do your like like light exploring, and it's all cat themed, which is great. And then Bowser comes up, he comes out, and wrecks everything, and raises Kaiji platforms Bowser. and changes it, and you have to dodge him. <laughs> I think it's really funny, and the amiibo looks so cool. There's a cat Mario and a cat Peach amiibo now. They're amazing.
3: Yeah, they do look really cool.
2: That's my that's my reaction.
3: I like that Nintendo is like the only company that can be like, it's just cat themed for no reason. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's just cat themed. And it's like, oh, and there's cat Mario. And you're like, oh,
2: okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. cool. There's like, no way this game came from them saying, let's give the fans something extra when we re- re-release a Wii U game. Yeah. There's just it's
0: no hun- way. What, Bowser's Fury? You don't think? It's,
3: no, I completely agree. It's 100%, and I don't mean this pejoratively, but it's 100% like, you know, a cut recycled Mario Odyssey concept. It's just crafted.
2: Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know why. Oh, and then also the other big elements of it, Mario Sunshine, just for no reason. It, the, the whole game, you can play co-op with Bowser Jr., who's in his full spoilers, spoilers, uh, Mario Sunshine mode, where he has his paintbrush and is, is, is graffitiing the island. In this case, also, also another looks like a vacation area, too, which is kind of funny. They kind of described it that way. There's so much in this game. It's like a game you have in a dream that like never existed. And you're like, oh, that would have been, you know, it's just like it's such a mishmash. I don't know what it, it is. Came from. It's exactly I really like
3: that description of like a child's like if my daughter were to describe a Mario game, it'd be like, and then Bowser gets really big and the level yeah. changes. <laughs> and it's like, all about cats. Cat. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. And it's all
3: about
1: cats. Okay. I do love that they can get away with that, just the cat agenda.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is great. Probably the coolest Bowser's ever looked.
2: Bowser looks sure. great. And also yeah. Damon, this might be the
0: best Godzilla game ever made let's see yeah unfortunately i have to say that might be true <laughs> still waiting on that good godzilla game
2: his whole uh, role in this game is just godzilla he gets out there he yeah. stamps the ground and spits fire
0: yeah
1: so when they well, um, not spit fire when they revealed that uh like big big bad bowser comes in as effectively a timed event i just had this like moment of well what if Super Mario world turned into more of a destiny world where you have all these different timed events and it's a big multiplayer game and you're going around and you're just yeah. like confronting all these Mario moments. I just, I love the concept that they're borrowing these little elements from other games uh, for these mm-hmm. popular multiplayer kind of things, even though it's not exactly the same by any means.
2: There's a, uh, a old tech demo for the GameCube where they showed uh, 128 Marios hopping around. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think the tech demo is widely referred to as Mario 128 now because 64 times two. And um, still, there's a couple of versions of uh, Mario now where there's like 2D people all at once. It's total chaos when there's four people. But I still think it'd be really funny to see like a hack of Mario uh, with, you know, 128 players in it in an instance just all just like rampaging over a, a 3d area it's such all
1: all marios have to idea. get together to take bowser down at the same yeah. time you got to find the yep. right power-ups i mean that fits
2: <laughs> yep you all jump on his back and it's just mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah, it's like pikmin <laughs> it's
0: just like pikmin i was just playing pikmin 3 last night yeah exactly and yeah. mario
2: 28 128 probably became pikmin is, yeah is I, th- I think that's true i think that's canon
0: yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh canon um, I I played through I played through 3D World like you know I played through it beat it and then when I watched the trailer I have absolutely no memory <laughs> of huh. any of the 3D World content I'm like I don't remember any of this like and now I'm like second guessing I'm like did I play it like I know I started it like so I don't know like I'm excited I have I have much more vivid memories of every other 3D Mario game but 3D World is a little bit of a black hole for me so it'll feel fresh
2: it's easier. Good. It's not It's not as hard as Odyssey and stuff, which is totally fine. Um, it, and Galaxy got a lot harder by the end of end of Galaxy and Galaxy 2. Yeah, they're really brutal. Galaxy 2 is really hard. The, the collectibles are really tough, though, and you have to collect these stamps in each level. And um, yeah, it was, it was a really tough guide to write just because it was came at a wrong time of year. That's what I remember. It's like, how
0: am I going to get this <laughs> done? But it worked out. I, I am looking forward to revisiting 3D World. I haven't played it since it came out in 2014. But uh, a lot of people are disappointed that Nintendo is asking $60 for a port of a 7-year-old game from two generations ago that yeah, has... One generation. What, you Maybe think it you? should be $65
2: because yeah. they included more game in it.
1: <laughs> $70 I... to maintain with the, the increasing standard of next-gen yeah. Yeah. price.
2: Yeah. I do think that's the 2021 discount. Mm. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think that's really miserable... The uh, You know, Nintendo's done it many times now. Um, it felt less bad with Mario Kart because it included all the DLC. Um, but, you know, Mario Kart, Pikmin, new Super Mario Brothers. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a pretty awful practice, um, but I still end up buying. I think I've bought all of them, but the collection, but 3D All-Stars, so.
0: Yeah. I've been enjoying Pikmin 3, playing it for the first time.
3: Oh, I, I, I did, like... I specifically like I've talked on this show before about how I hate these sports for $60, but I bought Pikmin for a big trip I had to take, and um, yeah. it's just great. It's just the loveliest
0: game. Okay, let's check in with the listeners.
4: Mm-hmm. Hey, <laughs> listeners.
0: <laughs> I should try playing that better. <laughs> I like listeners. I I hope you appreciate the fact that Justin was willing to choke in order to get that out there, (laughs) in order to say hi to you. Uh, Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at ign.com, just like Clark from Cleveland, Clarkland, Mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. He says, 2021 is finally here, and hearing you read my question on the air, I know this year is going to be a good one. We are a couple months into the new console generation, one I haven't yet entered, though not for lack of trying. And I can't help but wonder if the new consoles are underpriced. Don't get me wrong, I'm thrilled with the $500 price point. Hooray for competition. But it seems that if so many are willing to pay eight, $700 on the electronic bay, then perhaps the consoles should have been priced at $600-ish. Some quick and easy math. If Sony had sold their 4.2 million units at the $100 higher price point, that would have earned them an extra $420 million. Do you think that strategy would have worked? Or in the long run, Sony and Microsoft would have lost money due to a lack of future sales. Thank you for all the amazing shows. Okay.
2: Yeah. We would have missed that that spreading of the wealth around the economy for all the people that flipped consoles, though. <laughs> what a mess. Yeah. Aren't
1: they, aren't they $1,000 now online?
3: They're less. I'm, I was looking it up right now. There's a website that... They're not some evil website, but I don't want to name them because I don't want to reward the resellers. Um, mm-hmm. that uh, that is secondhand. Like you can, and then it gives you price history. And the way that it works is, I have a thing. Here's how much I'm willing to sell for it. And someone says, I want a thing. Here's how much I'm willing to pay for it. And when the two meet, like it matches them up, and a sale happens. And um, PS fives are selling for seven hundred and thirty dollars on that website today. And what, I,
1: what- compared to what we've seen.
3: Yeah, they are coming down. That's what I was going to say is, you know, they were 800, 900 around the Christmas season when everyone was really, really desperate to get one. And now as, you know, every single time the console comes back in stock at Costco or Amazon, that's like that many more people. It's that much pressure is released off like the secondhand market. And Mm -hmm. um, what's fascinating me is there used to be a really big gap between the PS5 and the Xbox. People wanted the PS5 way more but now in the second hand market the prices are pretty close the xbox is 688 so um, so and and I should point out that they give you total sales numbers and we're talking about like 70,000 80,000 total consoles sold in this way which is a really significant number of the total consoles manufactured and sold in the United States at all like this is not some tiny Secondhand, like only a few people taking advantage of it. This is this is super real for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. widespread and been going on for at least a few months now.
2: Yep. I don't think you should meet demand with higher prices. I think you should meet it with supply. And the, hmm. it might might have been tough this year. That doesn't excuse the previous uh, uh, every console launch ever. But uh, supply is really really bad for these, and it's part of marketing, and it's part of the excitement, and it's too bad because really, like if there was. Three times the supply then the price. We know you'd even be talking about it this way. Everybody would have just got one when they wanted it and we'd be moving on. Yeah. As far
1: as like price and value, um, I I do think likely it was more costly to make the, to actually manufacture the consoles than it is at the same time. Uh, You know, you want to make sure that people aren't going to bulk at your price either, which Sony is very familiar with. And then we knew that the two of them were also playing this sort of weird game of chicken of, like, who was going to reveal their price and some other details first because um, that was going to just completely set the narrative from then on. So the, the two of them knew, like, Sony and Microsoft knew that they had to remain competitive and get their profits elsewhere, not on actual hardware sales.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Where, like, the one way to look at it is, well, you know, 80,000 plus consoles were sold secondhand for 600 or $700, so, you know, of course they're underpriced, right? Like, look, like, the market's showing you people are willing to pay more, but there's more at play than that. Like, you have to be on the gamer's side and maintain a long-term relationship with them for decades, and uh, and one would have used the higher price to hammer the other, um, yeah. you know, into the ground.
2: Mm-hmm. remember too in the math that he did, if you raised the price by a hundred bucks they'd make that much more if you sold three times as many you'd also make a lot more money that that's yeah. it, it's it really is a supply situation and the way they should fix it is by by supplying more I also th- throw in here that like bundles do the same thing where it's like it's not a reseller but a bundle is limiting the supply by saying like you know you can get this but yeah. only if you buy these other controllers there's a lot of other there's a lot of other side effects to these these systems not having big supply. There's been yeah. them I will say that
3: uh, you know, the bundles are super expensive because the co- the controllers are expensive and you know the games are expensive. So it's like, damn, you get up to like an eight hundred dollar PS5 bundle really fast. But some of them have been okay. It's like a second controller in Spider Man. And it's like, well, you know, all right. <laughs>
2: yeah, like probably gonna do that anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's not a bad way to jump into next gen. Um Remember in the Wii, they'd be like, okay, you get a game and these extra controllers like, that's great, that's great, that's great. And they're like, and neon covered gel things to put over (laughs) your controllers. Yeah, exactly. And a bunch of stickers for your TV. Would you like that?
3: Stickers for your TV? I mean, so I will say, I I don't think the consoles should have been more than they are. But uh, again, I keep coming back to the fact that so many are being sold secondhand, like there's an argument to be made that you could price out the second hand market, right? Like if you price your yeah. your item appropriately, like the money is flowing through the proper channels instead of flowing into the into the hands of bad actors that mm-hmm. are, you know, buying up and securing all of your online stock before before people can even buy it.
2: Yeah, there should have I, been I, different precautions this year, because this year, the thing that protects this in the end is yeah. that retailers are like, Come on, man, you, you can't keep buying PlayStations. Like that actually stops people from doing it. It, it, And online there's so many ways to just have one person multiply their orders by a lot and hide that. Yeah. There's a, there is a special,
3: like another pressure release valve on this sort of thing. Normally is that, you know, there's going to be a million PS fives in store shelves that people can walk into a store and buy that doesn't exist. Unfortunately in 2020 and 2021, where if they're all being sold through online channels, then people that are bought in consoles unfortunately have an edge
0: okay this is alex mcveen from woking uk and he wonders is cyberpunk the new et <laughs> let it allow him to explain he says et holds a reputation as the quote worst game of all time because of the way the marketing overpromised promised in the game underdelivered right at the wrong moment with the launch of cyberpunk 2077 being such a disaster despite the odd flashes of an enjoyable game on occasion have we now got a modern day equivalent of et on the atari 2600 i'm gonna go ahead and say that's that's a little bit uh melodramatic i think
2: but what was the coverage of this it was equally melodramatic right i mean that that's 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 the coverage sure yeah so his uh, my initial you know reaction to His comparison was skeptical, but that explanation shows that it's really like the storytelling around a holiday release for a toy, which pissed off people and parents like that's what it was for ET. It was like everybody was super mad about how it under delivered and it was overhyped and then a bunch of parents took those games and returned them and then it just destroyed retail and you know, there's the snowball effect after that. Uh, for the crash of the, the game industry that's not happening now but people love telling the story of the big broken game around the holidays uh, even if we didn't hear a lot of holiday connections this year like that's what the story was i don't agree with that story all, entirely either which part oh that it's a big broken you know game that everybody oh. should hate well, and return forever
0: I mean, but that—that's—that's that's a key difference here, right? The yeah. et and the 2600 was the only version, and the PC version of Cyberpunk is, you know, great. Well,
4: yeah, the there PC was version a version of that
1: worked. Is
0: great. I'm sorry, <laughs> there's
4: one.
1: Um, yeah, there was a version that worked, and you know, maybe reception-wise, there's some similarities, but it's just a, such a completely different story, and we'll have a very different ending too. You're not going to see, like, you know, I don't know, a bunch of codes of Cyberpunk like in a landfill. But, you know, that game E.T. was just it just was set up to it wasn't set up to fail intentionally, but there was no way in five weeks that game was going to be anything serviceable as opposed to the many years that they worked on cyberpunk. So I think that there was just um, a misunderstanding and project miscalculation on a whole other scale than what cyberpunk was dealing with. Um, and, you know, there, there's some allusions to that. We obviously don't know the full story exactly yet, but there's some allusions to what maybe some of the struggles were. And obviously, you know, they recently came out with another video trying to explain some of what awry, um, which yeah. still doesn't shed a lot of light on what happened, um, but kind of gives you insight into it. it. certainly wasn't someone coming and say, you can do you can do this in like a year even. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And just completely uh, just completely give like an unfair uh, scenario in which to make a video game deliver.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, ET Man, is. That's
2: kind of crazy that Crunch was was a story for ET. I
0: mean, yeah. That's that's really a cameo <laughs> happening.
2: That is um, really an interesting connection. I'm really happy you made that. That, that would have never made that connection. That's really cool.
0: E.T. is credited with cratering the, the console industry in the early 80s, and like Cyberpunk's not gonna do that to the console industry today. But that does make me wonder like, is the video game console industry uh Is it uh, invulnerable? Like, can you imagine it being cratered? Uh, I I, I think it's here. I mean, it is here to stay, right? I mean, what's funny is that we all talked about theaters being
2: uh, going away forever in like 2000.
0: Yes. And it took a pandemic to actually make that happen.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But the video game industry is thriving
0: in the pandemic. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Um, I would take an, an evolution of video games, I think, to make it so consoles specifically didn't matter anymore. And that would be, you know, phones can run everything. VR yeah. is really good and not invasive and it's part of our lives or in the Black Mirror version of it, part of our brains. <laughs> <laughs> like those, yes. are, those are, That's the point in which things go away. But I think humans uh, uh, pining for virtual worlds instead of the real world is like going to be around forever as long as we have the technology to maintain it. Yeah, no. Unless unless gaming gets completely eaten by
3: PC, you know, there will always be a console business. Um, I love seeing the ET footage alongside the cyberpunk footage. By the way, <laughs> yeah. it's like damn,
1: just to see the similarities.
3: <laughs> it's like, I, well, but then it's like like other other art forms don't have this problem. Like the Beatles' Rubber Soul is like not that different than like albums that are coming out today. That's true. But then like look at look at ET compared to cyberpunk. <laughs> like it's I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know. How video games can continue <laughs> this way—the whole
1: innovation of auto-tuning. So, mm. <laughs> don't forget about that big bashing in the music industry. <laughs>
2: it's true. <laughs> um, with ET, do you guys know the the, the defense of ET? That kind of comes from Howard Scott Warshaw, its creator, uh, a little bit. But um, that, like, if you use the manual and play that game, like a lot of it makes sense immediately. Um, and I personally, uh, I think ET is just boring anyway. But like, that's really interesting to me that like you, you have to use this kind of multimedia thing to, to get through the game. Um, you know, Another famous game that did that was Earthbound. It came with a, a big traveler's guide that was mm-hmm. not a strategy guide, but a big tourist guide that had a little bit of tips and stuff like that, but mainly just explain the areas you're in. I think that's awesome. And I don't think we're going to see much of that anymore.
0: I don't know. Sony was, it was apparently like I, it's supposed to be experimenting with game help built into their user interface, but we haven't really seen that yet with PS5.
3: Yeah, True. I, all the launch games have that built in.
0: Uh, I I guess I just haven't really
3: Well, like Sackboy sack does. Grade, which one does? Sackboy. But like it's not yeah, I haven't it's played not it. it's not interesting yet. It's just like, no. you know, there's a collectible in this level you didn't get. And I'm like,
0: I know that. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. The game's interface uh, tells me that.
2: Sure. I love it when games have an external thing that's just tied into it. Like, I mean, even like the uh, Halo um uh, meta games and stuff like that that were existing. Like it's just cool when when games permeate the real world in a, in an interesting way. And I, and I wish that you know there would be an era in which we could get cool paper things with our games that you know you kind of play along with. It's the it's the melding of tabletop and games.
0: I think it's really cool. All right, extracurricular activities. Okay. Has anyone else finished Cobra Kai season three? <laughs>
4: yeah, absolutely.
0: Not yet. Tina and Sam have Justin haven't?
3: Yeah, well, everybody but me. Sure. I really like yeah. Cobra
2: Kai too. Is a catch up. <laughs> Yeah, I, guess I watched so. it all the first day it was out. I finished it that wow. day.
0: We I, we split over like three nights, I think. Uh, so no spoilers. Uh, I still like it. I I think uh, I think season two is a little bit stronger than season three, but I still enjoyed it immensely. Tina, Sam, how about you guys?
1: Yeah, hundred percent agreed. Um, there's like a a path it goes down on three that just kind of gets away from some of the lighter stuff. That's really enjoyable. um, And it gets just increasingly darker. Um, And I like to like season one's perfect balance between here, those 80s characters and actors that you're familiar with and some of these like, you know, new teenage faces that you might care less about. And it's starting to get more about that teenage world and a little bit less about some of that classic nostalgia stuff. But I suppose that was inevitable by season three. They need to go somewhere different.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think my favorite part of this show is Johnny and Daniel interacting. And there's a lot of that this season. Mm-hmm. We lost Tina.
0: Oh, OK.
1: It's OK. i I'll oh. figure it out. <laughs>
0: it's OK. You can uh, still talk.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I so I like their interactions and there's some like straight up like, you know, double dragon stuff, which is really funny. Yeah, I always like those things. And then, uh, and then uh, Daniel—I forget her name—but her his wife has a lot of role in the new season. She's yeah. uh, she's a badass and she's really funny, and I really like her in it a lot. And uh, th- and for me, I just watched all those seasons like all at once. Like I waited like three weeks to watch the new season. Like I didn't have any gap, so I, I don't really have a a concept of season to season differences yeah. really. But I thought this season just started a little bit weak, and then it got better and better.
0: It is yeah. crazy. Like what the, the levels of violence that these children inflict on each other with no repercussions is just completely crazy. And insane. my favorite
2: thing is when they break the fourth wall in the way in a, in a way in which they kind of just talk about how silly it is that karate is so big in the valley. <laughs> yeah. And, and they have like a school conference and they're like, I can't wait. What is even happening? Why are all these kids taking karate? And, like, <laughs> and then they have to like reground that. It's so funny.
0: Yeah. I do wonder how long they can keep it going. Like yeah, I, it, may, maybe they should so just try one. Longer, like, yeah. <laughs> Don't stretch it out too is. much. Don't stretch I, it out too much. I'm
2: I mean, enjoying showing old scenes of movies, which I'm just like, I have no idea what this is. What is the Japan stuff? What is that from? Karate Kid 2. I've never seen that movie. If that's I that whole movie.
0: Existed.
2: Does, Karate yeah. Katina back? Does Karate Kid 3 exist?
0: Yes. Does and then there's uh, the next Karate Kid.
2: Okay, so but three has the same cast?
0: Yes. I don't remember three at all. I remember one. Three three involves Daniel joining Cobra Kai. What? (laughs) (laughs) Why?
4: Things have happened. (laughs)
0: Um,
3: I think that the show, I'm I'm like halfway through season three, and I think I have had enough. I'm like, okay. Like the shtick is like, it's being, it's like too much bread. It's butter spread over too much bread
0: at this point. I still really enjoyed it, but I do wonder how long they can keep it going. Yeah.
2: Well, I think it might reach a Damie uh, uh, award this year. Maybe uh, not. Man.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that's only, it's less than 12 months away. I watched Ted Lasso <laughs> and it was amazing. Yeah, Ted Lasso is so
2: good. Mm-hmm. I want to watch it again. I love dinner. You should. It's worth a rewatch. There's so much dialogue in a show like that, that it's just like you miss a bunch. And so like, I feel like it's worth going back. It's also you know they're just
1: so clever, like the dialogue between so many of the characters mm-hmm. is just really smart.
2: And, you know and even though there's, there's characters that are mean to each other, there's a lot of kindness in that show. And I really like that about it. It feels yep. really good. and I can really relate to it.
0: Oh, yep, yep. Yep. You know what else there's a lot of in that show, Sam? Uh, references to Kansas City and Kansas. Yeah, there is And a I love it all.
2: And I don't think anybody <laughs> having to do with that show had it, even knows what Kansas is other than like, let's just pick a Midwest state. But it did have
0: some references. As a child, Sedekas moved to Overland Park, Kansas,
4: mm, that's
2: which he
0: describes as his hometown. Well, there you go. Went to Shawnee Mission West High School.
3: That's a rich part uh, of
0: town, right? But David? he went. <laughs> he went to Fort Scott Community College on a basketball scholarship, but left before finishing. So, didn't go to KU, but is from Overland Park, Kansas.
2: That's some Johnson County stuff,
0: man. Yep, I don't trust it. Hey, that's my county. That's my hometown <laughs> county.
2: Yeah, but you're from Olathe. That's the yeah, boonies. Yeah.
0: Of What's are funny is
2: how much I know about Kansas, having <laughs> never lived there.
3: Um, I am also from Johnson County,
2: yes. Iowa.
0: Wow, I'm,
2: <laughs> I'm actually from Johnson County, Iowa, in yeah. Iowa City.
0: How, Did grow up so right there. Three fourths of the Omega Cops are from <laughs> a Johnson County.
2: Yep. Yeah, Tina, are you? Does Wait. Does Queens have a Johnson County attached to it?
1: Not <laughs> that I know of. So no, Queens County, I suppose.
0: <laughs> Queens is <laughs> its own county. <laughs> All right, that brings us to video game twenty questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Andrew Campbell from Alabama. Mm. Could be a Johnson County. He doesn't specify.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, could be. Let the questioning begin
2: alabama well first of all can we just get it out of the way that you picked a more fair one this week because nobody knew what that game was last week bloody roar yeah justin knew yeah oh i, I but you would well, ever was have justin been a- in
1: 20
3: questions then <laughs>
2: no, i would character <laughs> New is a strong word
3: sometimes sometimes we get the answer and i'm like okay like that was there was no way but like bloody roar i feel like i sh- should have gotten there
2: And then also, if you're going to win the prize, a bunch of people tweet me after this, and I don't know if they're the winner. So you have to say, I was the one that wrote in, or else I don't know to respond. I think we all got attached on stuff this week. It was like, I love Bloody Roar, blah, blah, blah. So I don't really know if that was you or not. So I'm sorry. But they're Uh, all just going to say they were the one that wrote in. (laughs) I'm fine with that. (laughs) I will respond to It is I who wrote (laughs) in with Bloody Roar. See, We have our cheat, which is—did we mention this game already? And you all out there, you have your own cheat. I won twenty questions, and I never know. Be like I'm so and so from Alabama, Johnson County, and be like, "Oh, hey, we'll be best friends."
3: <laughs> uh, that's all it takes. Yeah. Um, all right. In this in this game, can you can you can you punch people? Is there punching in this game? No. Are you sure? I'm sure.
1: Because um, like points. you might like you can
3: you can punch people in Mario sixty four for example. Yeah. Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah, so many games have melee. Okay.
3: It's Just
1: like a backup. Thing.
3: Okay. Okay. All right.
1: Melee, melee is maybe. punching, right? We can agree there.
0: Yeah, hundred yeah. percent.
1: Because sometimes melee comes with a well,
0: So. I would say punching is melee, but melee isn't necessarily punching.
3: Well, yeah, yeah but what game? Name me a game, Damon, that has melee bonk. and no punching.
2: Funk. Well. <laughs> <bonk>. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: it <laughs> <laughs> just... got him he got me i rest sam's case <laughs> um, um sam rested dead. your case
1: Borba says left for dead as well which i'm trying to remember be punching yeah i'm trying to remember if you could do like if, yeah like naked if you mailing. have no
0: weapons like, if you have no weapons yeah. can you punch
1: no you always have you're always equipped with your knife like you don't pick up a knife you always have one
3: mm, okay so I counter-strike believe. would be another one
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: Um, okay, I'm glad we put that to bed. <laughs> uh, is, is this game? Did this game originally come out on a, uh, a,
4: a disc-based medium? Yes, post cartridge. Mm-hmm. Why is there no punching mm-hmm. at yeah, all? Yeah, that's
1: kind of tripping me up because now I'm trying to think of like all the opportunities. But I'll keep going. Yes, even a small <laughs>
2: element. <laughs> did this come like, out? You could, Is this available like, on uh, Switch? No,
4: in most role playing games, you can punch.
3: Um, that
1: might might mean most shooters are out too, because I think most of them are knife equipped.
2: I know, rather than punching. But they would be back in then,
1: or they do, or they do the the butt of the gun. Where they you can ask if if this
2: game has melee combat.
4: No, we're (laughs) boys.
3: (laughs) Wait, I I was completely blacked out. What
2: did you just ask, Sam? I wasn't paying any attention. Um. I asked uh, if this came out on a disc-based medium. Oh. Oh, and right. the answer and was yes? Yes.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, OK, is this game? OK, I'm going to try to take it. didn't think... come out on Switch. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to rein it in. Um, oh, and didn't come out on Switch. Uh, does it... Is this game played with 3D
4: graphics? Yes.
1: Also, probably not an indie game, which are normally code-based games.
4: Right. Um, right. Uh, is it yeah. part
1: of a franchise?
4: Yes, that's five. Was this game hmm. made in the United States? Um, yes. Hmm. Let me double check. Maybe it's you.
2: <laughs> Uh, this is made by. Was this made by a developer that has that has had an E3 press conference in the past couple of years? We haven't yes. used that
0: one in a while. Hold on, but, but let me double check this first, and I'll answer that one, which is a yes. Just so you know, it's probably uh, Ubisoft. Was this developed? In the United States, yes, uh, and it's from a company with an E3 press conference, yes. So a big old game.
4: Mm-hmm. Are there vehicles in this game? Yes. <laughs> Can they punch?
3: I was um, going to ask. Like one of my questions was going to be like, it could be a driving game. There would be explicitly mm-hmm. no punching unless yeah. it's road, unless it's road rash. Mm-hmm.
1: Because he was very clear,
0: no punching. None. The None Punching. <laughs> none, none Punch Man.
1: <laughs> Is this a racing game? No. So not the crew and not
3: you. What are you making that face for? Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> there are vehicles in it, so I'm sure there's like, if it's like an open world game or something, there might be racing challenges.
3: Is this an open world game?
0: No.
1: There are no racing challenges. Nope. What else do you do with vehicles? I suppose you drive them...
0: I like it when we get to ten because it gives my arms a nice little rest. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> um.
2: Would you describe this as a sci-fi game?
0: No.
4: We're doing very poorly. Shoot it. Um We know. We know. We know yeah, it's a- you know if it's a shooter.
3: Okay.
1: I feel like he's giving that one to us for free. Like it's a no, and he's just ignoring that I
4: asked it. Is it a We're shooter? That-
1: Let's
4: move on. No, we can't. We can't. We can't.
1: it's not going to be a shooting.
2: I just don't like how much of a poker face is happening <laughs> on Damon's face right now. It's just—it's too good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too okay. practiced. We can. We can move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I
3: I want to know the studio. I want to. We need to know the company. Was is this a is this a Ubisoft game?
4: No. Is it? Any, oh, well, yeah. it
2: can still be a first-party game. We didn't even ask that. We're that's just good. doing this all sloppy. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, that's but sloppy. it's a. It was made in the U.S. and you know, there's not. Well, I guess Microsoft Game Studios, but there's not that many.
2: It <sighs> could still be any Halo game, right? Because you don't ever punch in that. But you asked if it was sci-fi. Oh, that's true. Yeah.
3: No, and you do punch in Halo a little bit. You can punch. You can hit someone if you have a skull in your hand. Does that yeah. count? Mm-hmm.
1: I would call that. Mm. I mean, that's certainly melee. Maybe not a punch. It's, it's bludgeoning. Like a slam. Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> um, yeah. I, so okay. It's EA or Bethesda. Bethesda. I mean, is it an EA game? No. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do it. Should we keep down this path? Yeah, we have is it, to. Is it Bethesda?
0: I didn't hear. I didn't hear. Damon's frozen. Oh, I'm frozen. No, I lost maybe. you for
4: a sec. What'd you
3: say? Yeah.
0: You asked Bethesda, and the answer is no. Oh,
3: no, no. Oh, boy,
0: I regret this. Sam was probably <laughs> path, right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so I mean, I is was. It, it,
4: mm-hmm.
3: If it's a first party game, you know, and it's made in the U.S., there's not that many U.S.-made Nintendo or Sony games, but there are some. Uh, like what do you call it? Uh uh the company Nintendo just bought, aren't they in the US? Or are they Canadian? The Luigi's Mansion developer.
4: Mm. Mm. You know, in
3: retro, retro Studios, obviously.
2: Way forward? Is that what they're called?
3: No. Um
4: well, I don't know. I don't know. I I feel bad that I led us astray. <laughs> mm. Is this um, a Microsoft game?
2: No. Oh! That's fifteen mistakes were made so it's sony or (laughs) nintendo from some year came out on a disc and it's a franchise it might even be devolver or something i I don't know i was gonna say yeah it's devolver
1: and technically nintendo actually technically nintendo doesn't do e3 press conferences they do nintendo directs well is is damon considering the nuance of this
2: and they also used what's a microsoft series with vehicles and no punching but I we asked him, I just
3: asked Microsoft and he said no.
2: Yeah. Oh sorry. That's right. So
3: Sony series.
4: Yeah.
1: With driving and no punching. I don't know, Final Fantasy.
2: That's, that's it has to be developed 15. in the United
4: States. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> um also it could just have vehicles in it. It could just be Spider Man.
1: Oh, yeah. Although I always just assume that it's like when you're Hella asking about punching. does it have vehicles, you can access it. Yeah, Spider
2: Man has lots of punching. And that's a good point about the vehicles. Um, I don't,
3: I give up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I, I feel so bad that we had all those no's in a row for E3 press yeah. conferences. You're yeah. even
0: holding your thinking balls.
3: Yeah, it's just the one
2: copper sphere. Hmm, okay. um, uh, Wait, is Activision? In the, in the, they, they don't, do, don't, do, they don't
3: do an E3 press conference.
2: Yeah.
3: It's been a while. Square Enix had one for like that one year, you know, Konami had <laughs> their notorious yeah. ones.
2: It could be Tomb Raider.
3: Yeah. But that, this punching in well, Tomb Raider, Frenchie. too. <laughs> I like the punching question. Um, okay. <laughs> is this game, well, it's not on the Switch. I don't know how to narrow it down. Is it helpful to
2: know if it's on like P? PS4 and Xbox Series X? Uh, it'd be helpful to know stuff like do you play as a human? We, we got to do some like wild cards now just to like just oh yeah, it's really obvious. You don't play as a human and it's from a franchise. like That would help me.
3: Yeah, it's from a franchise.
4: We know that. Do you play as a human?
0: Uh, no, you don't control a human. I mean, the conceit is that, yeah, you're, like, supposed to be a human, but you're not in control of the human.
2: Yeah, so it's it's going to be, like, a, a, what's the, um, it's going to be, like, that motorcycle game where it's, like, 2D and you go around. What are those called? It's going to be, like, some kind of stunt driving game or something.
1: I can only think of UB1s.
3: Like Trials? Yeah, yeah. like Trials. Yeah. Where you're you're controlling the motorcycle and not the person on top
2: of the motorcycle.
4: Yeah. But that doesn't <laughs> like, mean, like, would that
2: be okay. an example of what you're talking about, Damon, where you're like always controlling a vehicle?
3: <laughs> you're, it, it, no, it's probably like an RTS game or something where we've had these arguments mm-hmm.
4: before. Oh, uh, okay. Or like, you Wait, know...
3: Damon,
1: can you reiterate what, how you described it? So <coughs> you remember.
0: Well, let me give an example. You asked, are you a human?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, in, uh, gosh, how to, how to do this? Let me see. Uh, well, <laughs> in the game Excite Bike, are you human? Yes. But you're controlling the motorcycle, right? Yeah.
1: So, yes. So,
0: so yes, yes like you that. are human, but that's not what you're in control of. Yeah, so so sam's
3: clarification was spot on it's like a trials like game except trials as ubisoft mm-hmm. uh, it could
2: be joe danger <laughs> what's what's <clears throat> and it has to be like published by a big publisher or a little very little publisher that has an E3 press conference yeah um and then also what was the racing thing that we decided we he asked no. About? Yeah, no, racing. no racing no racing and no open world no racing no, no
3: open racing world but problem. yes vehicles yeah, are you? Are you? Is the, the main end? thing you're doing in this game being inside or controlling some kind of vehicle? That'd yes.
2: Be. <laughs> <sighs> could it's be twisted
1: something like a trials.
2: Like we already knew that. Could uh, be a twisted yeah. metal. I was thinking twist, Could be twisted League metal. That's true. Or Rocket League. Oh, it's yeah. not Rocket League because that easy. doesn't meet any of the other requirements, including coming yeah. out on a disc.
3: Mm. Probably. It probably came out on a disc some some point. Maybe not. Yeah. Is My this a
2: was did it originally come out on a disc?
3: Is this a really violent game? Is this a violent
2: game? Yes. I think it's twisted metal. Yeah, it could be twisted metal.
4: But it I could should be have twisted asked metal We only also.
1: have one more question left, right? Yeah, I
3: should have asked car combat instead of violent. So you primarily control a vehicle, but there's no racing. It's not an and open it's world. Sony exclusive. It's not from EA Bethesda. Made by
2: David Jaffe because it's the United States.
3: Yeah, and well, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting. Yeah, so Twisted Metal was made by um, Sony Santa Monica, or what you know, whatever they were called back then over there. Yeah, David Jaffe. Um,
4: yeah, I bet it's Twisted Metal.
3: We I don't could know use, how. To...
1: Have we mentioned this yet? Yeah. Okay. Have we mentioned the game yet?
0: Yes. Is oh. it Twisted Metal? Yes.
4: Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't we got there. <laughs>
0: the original. PlayStation One, 1995, vehicular combat em up, twisted metal, oh, wow. combat em up,
2: no punching. Look how old that looks now. Yeah, the, and the story was
3: insane in the original twisted metal. I
2: remember like being in the mall as like a kid and being like, "This is the most advanced game I've ever seen in my entire life." And it just looks like a Super Nintendo game in this.
3: Look at how insane this story is. It's a contest being run by this, this crazy man named Calypso, and it's a fight to the death. Like, it was crazy. It was like Mortal Kombat.
2: So there are drivers in, in those cars? It's not that they have like yeah. some yeah. kind of AI? Each, like one, is like a wacky,
0: each one is like yeah. a wacky character.
2: Yeah, okay. it, is, it is like a fighting game, and then they all have a crazy
3: fighting game ending when they're the one that wins the Twisted okay. Metal competition. That's yeah. like F-Zero. That's-
1: if we yeah. asked, is this a fighting game, what would you have said, Damon?
0: No, just because like that's not what. It,
1: but like a hesitant no, right? It's
0: like an arena combat, you know, vehicular combat game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just looking at twisted metal stuff for the IGN store, just today. Probably be good. Uh, <laughs> the developer was Single Track, which is not around anymore. And oh. then, uh, published by Sony. I would have gotten that wrong. I didn't
3: remember that detail at all. Yeah. Yeah. But then Sony eventually brought it in house for like the
0: PS2, like the the some of the revivals. I think it went to. Uh, 989 Studios, or turned into that? Mm. I don't know, it's confusing. But yeah. Singletrack handled the first two. Yeah, along with Sony Interactive Studios America. Hmm. That was a very backwards way to get to that. But you got there.
2: Mm-hmm. So nicely
0: job. Andrew Campbell from Johnson County, Alabama. Don't bother adding <laughs> Sam. <laughs> yeah, but everybody else can pretend to be him, and then it won't matter this week. Mm-hmm uh all right that is gonna do it for our episode this week that's all the scoops we have for you thank you to justin thank you tina thank you sam thank you thank you to Borba working behind the scenes remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at igne.com my name is damon this is IGN game scoop and Route. it's the best useful yeah I mean, yeah. It sucks that it's illegal because it's amazing. I know,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
3: You, you could—that's a—that's a response to so many different things. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Indeed.
3: <laughs> I got my Lord. I got my Lord of the Rings cards.
4: You guys excited for
3: that Amazon show?
2: Yeah, Cautious, <laughs> cautiously optimistic. I think it's such a bad idea to set that before uh, people care about Middle. Yeah, uh, it'll have Elrond. Yeah, Elrond can be alive. Um, Legolas might have just been born then. Yeah. It's weird, man. I don't know. I, I think Numenor is a neat idea, but it seems like it's like really cool as like a myth in the background. And now they're just gonna be like Phantom Menacing at it all.
0: It's weird that elves um, are immortal, but they still like age. Yeah, like it's they really stop at some
2: point. <laughs> Gand- I just ran part in Lord of the Rings where Gandalf was like when I was young, but like he just appeared as an old man in Middle Earth, like a thousand years before the events of Lord of the Rings. So.
3: Yeah, he's he's like a demigod and presents himself as an old man. He's you know he's not an old man. Yeah, I do wonder that about elves. I don't know the lore of that. Sam, maybe you do. So it's like Legolas is younger than Elrond, so he's young. But like they're immortal, so it's like why is that just for like storytelling shorthand purposes? Like why they're yeah. different age they wanted,
2: they wanted to introduce the idea of genealogies. So for genealogies. They have to have breeding, and so people have to have babies. And so then they're like, but they live forever, but they don't actually look old. So I think what they do is they hit a stopping point in their aging. Also, wouldn't there be, if they live forever, and I know there's wars
3: where they die and whatnot. And ants are older than them. But like, wouldn't, they be, wouldn't there be a billion
4: elves if they never die?
2: Yeah, they're <laughs> yes. very, very restrained in their
4: uh, breeding. Okay. <laughs>